You are listening to the October 2019 edition of The Independent. Uh, this next article is Jimmy Hoffa is Back, a review of the film The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Robert Ross. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, the latest cinematic exploration of the world of organized crime, is perhaps one of the most widely anticipated films of the year, but those looking forward to sitting down to one of the visual feasts we have grown to expect from one of America's definitive directors may be disappointed. The opening scene of the film, one of 309 scenes shot over a period of 108 days and 117 separate locations, promises the usual fare. The camera snakes down a series of hallways in a long dolly shot, eventually coming to rest in a close-up of Robert De Niro portraying Mafia hitman Frank Sheeran, the eponymous Irishman. The opening shot, a signature of Scorsese's, proves to be only a teaser. Sure, all the ingredients are there. The sea of familiar faces, De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Harvey Keitel, the smoke-filled nightclubs, the back alley assassinations and, and public assassinations, the paradoxical pathology of felonious family men who discuss the merits of meat sauce and machine guns in equal measure. However, unless Scorsese, unlike Scorsese's earlier Mafia movies, Goodfellas and Casino, which snap and crackle as they barrel through their respective stories, propelled by Thelma Schoonmaker's unique editing and Scorsese's fondness for dolly shots, smash cuts, and sudden zooms, the Irishman moves more like its hero, a six-foot-four, 250-pound lumbering menace who proceeds with the measured pace of a large man in our no hurry to get where he's going. Scorsese largely abandons its usual trope for a more generic style a decision that may in part be dictated by new technology he's working with for the first time. Much has been speculated regarding the use of the industrial light and magic de-aging technology that enables actors to play characters half their age. Scorsese typically shoots mostly on film, but 70% of this movie was shot digitally with two cameras, which he describes as a three-eyed monster. They permit digital aging without the actors having to wear any kinds of mapping devices. The director has talked openly about some of this re his reservations about this technology breakthrough, and although he has stated that, he is that the unfamiliar equipment did not slow down production, it may have played a role in determining the look of the film. The first look at a D.H. De Niro provides, provokes uneasiness, as he is at times resembling an action figure from Roberto Zemecki's Welcome to Marwin. But as the film unfolds in a largely chronological fashion, albeit in the context of a flashback narrative. This uneasiness fades as one begins to appreciate the real genius of the leading players in the story. Pesci delivers an understated and rock-solid performance as mob boss Russell Bufalino, Frank Sheeran's mentor. One gets the feeling that this may be the last we see of Pesci, which would be a shame, but it lends his performance as an entire, uh, entirely appropriate fatalism. De Niro's Frank Sheeran is an uncomplicated man who proceeds through life with resignation and stolidity that plays most effectively in the scenes he shares with Al Pacino, who gives us some of his best work in years, as mobbed-up Teamsters union leader Jimmy Hoffa. Pacino's Hoffa is garrulous force of nature that elbows and barges his way through the movie. Prior to his disappearance in 1975, Hoffa was trying to claw his way back into power. Before going to prison eight years earlier, he headed back what was then the largest union in the country, which he had done a lot to build up. The Teamsters controlled virtually all the over-the-road trucking, and their leadership was spectacularly corrupt. Their massive pension fund attracted all sorts of unsavory characters, who Scorsese portrays more as charmingly inept uncles than menaces to society. Steve Zelane's script takes great delight in finding humor in the darkest of scenarios, resulting in many laugh-out-loud moments, mobsters bicker and quibble over social niceties, punctuality and fish, while nonchalantly committing heinous crimes. It's the inherent humanity of these characters that allows us more access to their inner selves. The film becomes more than a retelling of mobster apocrypha and lore, 
arriving in a meditative and thoughtful rumination on what it is to be a man, which one can expect from the director and cast who are all well into their 70s. By comparison, the female characters are given short shrift. It's a pity that an actor as talented as Anna Paquin is given little more than scowls and withering stares to elucidate the eternally complex nature of a daughter's relationship with her murderous father. It's a good thing that The Irishman will be streaming on Netflix after its limited run in the movie houses, because this is a banquet of a film that cannot be fully appreciated in one sitting. I, for one, will definitely be going back for seconds.